It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a great weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, if you'd like to find out more about the show, you can always reach out to us on social media. If you'd like to listen to the show anytime you like, head to your favorite podcast app, anywhere you get your podcasts, like Podcast One or Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. You can also reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us there, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on either Instagram or Twitter. Or you can like and follow us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. We begin this morning with Steve Abbott. He's Executive Director of Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. Also joined in the studio this morning by Sherry Hughes. She's Director of Strategic Community Engagement for Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. It's our pleasure to welcome Steve and Sherry to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning. How are you? We're doing well, Rodney. How about you? Hey there, Rodney. Doing great. All right. That's good to know. So let's start with you guys and let's talk about your personal journeys because you both have personal journeys um, when we talk about cancer. So let's start with Sherry. We all know you from Channel 9, mm-hmm. you know, your work there. But you have a personal journey and we saw most of it play out on television. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know what? My personal journey actually started with my mom who was diagnosed when I, uh, with breast cancer when I was a young girl. And um you know, many, many years later, of course, being a high risk um, for breast cancer, uh, my cancer was discovered, I say, through divine intervention and through a very good um, doctor, my OBGYN, Amy Thompson. You know, we were trying to make sure that we kept me healthy and uh, would try to make sure that I had all my testing and all the things that were available. And then I started, uh, you know, everything was always good. So I asked her, what else? What else could we do? And she uh, told me about a couple of other testing methods. And one was the breast MRI. And I got it, Rodney, not thinking that, you know, it was going to yield um, a cancerous tumor, but just thinking that it would be something that would give me another baseline because I'd always been getting 3D mammography. So in 2019, I was diagnosed with invasive ductal carcinoma, breast cancer. Um, Thankfully, it was found very early because, again, of just being uh, an advocate for myself, being proactive and and making sure that I was doing everything possible, uh, that cancer was discovered. And, of course, you kind of know a lot of the story from that point on. Um, I was working with the WCPO and working on air, and it was no secret that because I made sure everyone knew that I was diagnosed with breast cancer, went through uh, very extensive advanced rounds of chemotherapy, um, a breast surgery, um, radiation, immunotherapy, and uh, a post-adjuvant therapy for those, um, you know, that are past all of those, those premier type treatments the, uh, for cancer. So I'm doing well now, um, cancer-free, but the mission is to try to stay cancer-free. So you, you, know, you become aware of your, yourself each and every day and you do all those things you possibly can to try to stay healthy. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, one thing that I do know about you and remember watching you on TV is that, you know, you obviously lost your hair, but you mm-hmm. made the decision to go on air. 
Um, what was the driver behind that decision? And was that a hard decision for you to make? No, no, no. It wasn't hard at all. In fact, um, I had been wearing a wig that my my then stylist and now stylist um, made for me. She okay. handcrafted it because I didn't know what to do. Um, okay. But, you know, I shaved my my hair off and and um, well, I cut it first and made it very low and then eventually just decided to shave it all the way down because I could tell that you know, I was losing hair and I didn't know exactly what else was next. But everyone said a wig was, Steve. <laughs> Everybody said, OK, do a wig. So I uh, got that from from Brene and she made it for me, put it on, but discovered it made my head hot. I mean, okay. really, every day, every night when I would get home from the station and um, and I would get through my door to my bedroom, I would throw the wig off and my husband would say, really, Sherry? I mean, you know, you got to do it like that. So eventually I just decided, you know what? I don't know why, Rodney, but my head was on fire, not the rest of my body, but just okay. my head. So I threw the wig off and went to work and didn't really even think that much about it because honestly, I was fighting for my life. I really didn't care what anybody thought of, okay. of what I look like. But to tell you the truth, my husband said that I was hot. <laughs> that's what he said. And I said, you know what? You're really right. I really am hot. <laughs> and that's all that really matters. <laughs> all right. So, um, the Sherry Hughes. Um, now, Steve, you had your own battle. Um, tell us about what you want to tell us about your battle. Well, yeah, you thanks. And Rodney, thanks for having us here today. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, actually, mine is still ongoing. So, uh, much like with Sherry's, my, I guess you would say my journey started with my father. So he was diagnosed with prostate cancer when I was 44. And so I went and had screening done and, um, and my PSA was very, very low at the time and there was no detectable tumor of any kind. And so, um, basically I was told to start annual testing at age 50 because of the, the, his, the, the now history in my family. Um, by the time I got there at age 50, uh, things had changed dramatically. And so I had a large tumor. I was not symptomatic, but my PSA was very high. And um, as it turns out, uh, the, the cancer had already kind of escaped the local area. And uh, as a result, I'm, I'm considered to be advanced prostate cancer or metastatic. And so I will actually start chemotherapy on Monday um, for kind of a new uh, tumor that was just found that is difficult to treat with radiation. And so I'm about c- coming up on nine mm-hmm. years in. And um, but I can honestly say I'm living my best life. Um, I'm doing what I want to do. Very proud of the work we do. Um, very proud of the people I'm surrounded by. Um, we've, we've really put a great team together. And so, um, it's, it just feels great to get up every single day. Um, not only not mind going to work, looking forward to going to work. And because I know what we're doing, I know the, the passion we put into trying to make, um, the cancer patients lives better at, at Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. All right. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. For more information on the show, more information on our guests, Sherry and Steve this morning, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Like us there. Follow us there. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. Or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. As I mentioned this morning, we're speaking to Steve Abbott. We're also speaking to Sherry Hughes. They are with Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. Now, ultimately, Sherry, you made the decision to leave Channel 9. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that decision. Was that a difficult decision? Well, no, actually... um you know, after going through all of the treatments that I had been going through, I, I realized that I was different. Uh, my body was different. My mind uh, different. Everything about me was different. Um, one of the things I really desired, Rodney, was to be able to 
um, from this point on, do my life on my own terms, um, to have more time with my husband and my family and my friends. And, you know, working in television, I'd worked my entire adult career in TV and loved it. And, you know, um, just decided that, you know, I'd done a lot with it. Uh, I, I felt like, um, you know, I accomplished all the things that I wanted to accomplish. But I knew now, after this cancer diagnosis, that there was more that I could do. And I became, you know, just by my guess, um, through my own advocacy, I became more of an advocate for others. And through sharing my story, um, it just seemed very organic and natural for me to be able to try to help others. And, you know, I didn't know how to really do that other than to continue to share my story. And lo and behold, before I knew it, you know, I'm getting calls from other cancer, uh, di- newly diagnosed folks, folks that are, had um, survived cancer, folks who had uh, family members are themselves going through cancer. And now they're looking at me as if I'm their, a doctor. I'm like, I'm not a doctor, uh, you know, but I would share the information that I could with them. So I realized, you know, that there was more for me to do. And it really, honestly, it it just really felt like that's where I was being led. The universe, the the ethos kind of directed me to a new path and everything kind of fell in place. So I decided that I needed to leave really just to take care of my own personal health, to be more in tune with myself. And once I decided to do that, it seemed like doors just started opening for me. And um, I I wanted to walk through those doors and uh, of course, with Cincinnati Cancer Advisors, it was just a great fit <laughs> because they were already doing what I was trying to do in my own little way, and that's okay. just help others. Okay. And Steve, what about you? How did you get involved with um, the, the organization and the company, Cincinnati Cancer Advisors? Um, was it through your own personal health crisis, or how did that happen for you? Yeah, more or less, Ronnie. In fact, um, probably in some ways very similar to, to Sherry. So, you know, I kind of, August 2013, I get diagnosed September 2013 surgery. And then I had a quick recurrence in January 2014. And, you know, at that point, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to do something that kind of made me excited to get up in the morning, you know, because you you get this new sense of gratitude with cancer, Uh, particularly if you're fortunate, I say fortunate, but to have a cancer that um, does have a long glide path to it. And so, you know, uh, my type of cancer you can live with for, for quite some time and manage it. And so, you know, I kind of looked at it as a new phase of my life and it's like, I want to really do, do something that I'm excited to get up and do. So I ended up taking a, um, a job as a, um, hotel representative for a luxury hotel in Tuscany, which, um, allowed me to make 26 trips to Tuscany, which was not too, not too bad. Awesome. <laughs> um, but more important than that, I, I, because of how we were, we were set up, I got a whole range of operational um, sales experience, business development experience to match with the finance background I had. And that kind of made me a unique fit for this role. So when COVID hit and devastated the Italian hospitality industry, I mean, really the worldwide hospitality industry, but particularly in Italy, um, and our hotel closed and it just like that door closed and the one that opened was uh, Dr. Barrett contacted me and um, it was when Cincinnati Cancer Advisors was starting to grow and he needed someone to to basically run the organization or be the administrative backbone of the organization. Um, he called me and I couldn't have been any more excited. And because to that point, you know, it was, it was hard to just jump right out of kind of corporate America and into something like what we're doing now because I didn't have that experience. But what I did do was I started – 
um, becoming very active volunteer. I was ended up being chairman of some events for American Cancer Society. So I started building up my resume on the volunteerism side um, in the cancer uh, care space. And then so by that time, I think with the whole range of uh, of skills, and then with that kind of volunteer background, being in the in the in the sector on a volunteer basis, really kind of made me. It was the right time. It was the perfect time mm-hmm. and the perfect role. And so I I absolutely love what I do. And right, I'm going to put him on this. I'm going to put this on record. Uh, he's got all these contacts, amazing contacts in Tuscany. Did you hear that in Tuscany? Yes. I want to go, Steve. Let's, let's do a CCA trip over to Tuscany. A retreat, some sort of retreat. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see a lot of research that needs to be done over there. Exactly. And Sherry has to be on the forefront. Exactly. Exactly. All right. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. My guest. This morning is Steve Abbott, also speaking to Sherry Hughes. They're with Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. So tell us about what you guys do at Cincinnati Cancer Advisors, guys. Well, first, I'll say that I'm the uh, director of strategic community engagement there, and which means I build partnerships and also um, uh, build relationships with the community and partnering to make sure that they know about our amazing services at Cincinnati Cancer Advisor and to make sure that, you know, uh, we're getting the message out that we exist and we're there to help people. Uh, we have an amazing mission. And what we do, as Steve will tell you, is we're there to, you know, provide services and to improve the life and to improve the care of cancer patients uh, who are diagnosed with any kind of cancer, who are seeking an objective uh, second opinion to their cancer, their diagnosis. And we do that with a a variety of different services, Mm -hmm. Steve. Yeah, no, we really do. Um, You know, really, the the mission was started with Dr. Barrett um, at Barrett Cancer Center, who was our founder. But um, he had seen so many instances where he felt like that um, a second opinion was warranted either to, to maybe try to eliminate overtreatment or undertreatment, whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, it's really interesting, Rodney, I've made this kind of almost like a joke before, but, uh, you know, really probably 10% or less of people diagnosed with cancer get a second opinion. And, and, but yet I've, I've told this to Sherry before, people will spend hours reading Amazon reviews for <laughs> yeah. something that costs $99, oh, uh, yeah, before they pull a trigger on a purchase. But when it comes to their health, um, when it comes to this, you know, a, really a fairly dire diagnosis, you don't really see that same behavior. And I personally, I think it's because people are just so shell shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really know what to do. Um, for the, for the most part, it's probably their first experience with cancer that, that they've probably just met an oncologist for the first time. And they, they just don't feel comfortable kind of going outside of that. And so what we try to provide is kind of a safe space where people can come for two plus hours if they want, uh, bring their family, ask any questions they want to ask. Because, you know, when you get a cancer diagnosis, you feel pretty much like you've been d- dropped on your head. You know, it's just yeah. it's a whole new world with a whole language you don't understand. Um, but the stakes are high. You know, the stakes are really high with the choices you make. And oftentimes you're you're given you know basic information, but nobody's really going to tell you what to choose. You got to have to do that yourself. And um, so we we want to be that place where people can come, ask questions, take as long as it takes. Um, once they're once they're in the family, they're always in the family, so they can always call back to any other time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also try to also anticipate, and we have the luxury because we're not in in a normal clinical practice. 
you know, we and when we people come in and do spend time with us, we do kind of see where there are other gaps um, in in where we can improve patient experience and outcomes. And so we try to fill in those gaps. We've done it with uh, financial navigation services, and we just added genetic counseling as well, because ultimately we want to be in a position to be able to provide next generation sequencing testing to people, which is really the future of cancer care, and to be able to do that in a way that is also free to them because all of our services are free. Yeah, yeah, Rodney, that's huge. Uh, we were I was waiting for Steve to touch on that. Free, no cost, <laughs> zero cost, second opinion, oncology consult and referral. And when we say that, we have world-class physicians. We, we have a clinical team that is there that's on staff full-time to devote all of this, uh, their expertise to helping people navigate their cancer diagnosis and uh, we understand that it's a time in your life like C says you feel like you've been dropped on your head or kicked in the gut or whatever but we want to make sure that those that are diagnosed that they walk away with a thorough understanding of their diagnosis and that they feel confident um, moving forward with their plan of care so that they can um, meet cancer where they are and fight it and so that they can have their best possible chance of surviving. Yeah, and you, right, if you don't mind, I'll add in too because hearing Sherry talk reminded me this is a really important point. We provide consultative oncology services. We do not take over a patient's treatment. Mm-hmm. And so that puts us in a really unique position. We're not in a competitive position. We have no financial incentive whatsoever to try to take a patient over to say anything bad about their doctor. You know, we, you, in fact, we just, we're on billboards now. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to say. But, um, but we, there's kind of a clever turn of a phrase that we've been using, which is that we're complementary care, complementary with an E. And we're complimentary to patients, meaning we're free as well. And so, okay. Um, so let me ask you guys. Let me touch on one thing. You guys are talking about second opinions. Um, let's talk about why that's so important. And in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Sherry Hughes and Steve Abbott there with Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. You're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, it's it's a great question. And you know, f- first of all, I think, like I said, the the chance to really um, spend quality time understanding what it is you've just been diagnosed with. But more importantly, what that time lends itself to is a, a, a range of a full range of discussion about what you might be able to do. And here would be an example. If you know, if you go through kind of the traditional system and there's nothing wrong with this, I mean, what you're what you're typically exposed to is what's called the standard of care. So that would be, you know, this is what you have and this is what we do. Um, what we try to do is open up that discussion to maybe there might be a clinical trial that mm-hmm. may ha- may be showing great results, really good eff- efficacy in a new drug, and that drug may may delay or even uh, maybe even eliminate your need to to have an invasive therapy done right now. Um, so you know those are the kinds of things that our physicians and Sherry mentioned. Our goal is to have I'll, I'll say experienced mm-hmm. in air quotes, so I don't want to. Um, sound like it's ageist, but I mean, we do try to hire very experienced oncologists. And one of the great benefits that our patients get is um, they, they have such a network of other oncologists around the world. You know, Sherry mentioned oh, earlier, before we started talking about going to a weather conference, well, they uh-huh. go to oncology conferences. And so they're, they're talking to thought leaders all over the world. So one of the, the, pa- the benefits our patients get through their second opinion is their range, their, the wealth of knowledge that comes from their network. So what's very common is the patient leaves and our doctors begin calling other oncologists and say, hey, I just saw this guy. Here's what, here's what he's got going on. What would you recommend? Yeah. And so that's the benefit that comes with that amount of time. And in the traditional system, there's just not that kind of time. So are, 
patients often afraid to ask for a second opinion. Yeah. And what is that like? Because, you know, is it offensive? You know, you're asking <laughs> basically, I don't really, you know, the mindset yeah. could yeah. be that I really don't believe what you're well, saying. So let me go somewhere else. In the medical profession, mm-hmm. how does that work? Well, let me speak from a patient point of view. When you're diagnosed with anything, but especially something like cancer, you want everything mm-hmm. in in the bag, everything you can possibly find out, the information. You need that information because it's ultimately the patient that hopefully is making um, very uh, a very good decisions informed decisions about how they move forward and you need you know to get all these um, questions asked and you want to feel like you know what you're getting your information from a variety of good sources so I think that you know a second opinion just says I I want to ask everyone that I can that has medical expertise because I can then at the end of the day make the decision on how I want to move forward. Now, Steve can speak to, you know, how perhaps physicians may feel about it. Uh, we really work to to eliminate any feelings of, you know, competition. Now, we're not in competition. We're working and partnering with the patients and these and their docs to make sure that, you know what, we're meeting their needs. And yeah. it's about their needs. Yeah, I mean, it's in... in uh and so one of the things we we do is we send out surveys um like you know so many other companies do but one of the things i've been really struck by is we send it out to both patients and physicians many and that would be the physicians that have made a referral to us and um and one of the things that amazes me is over 70% of the surveys come back now think about it i don't know where else mm-hmm. that happens and um over a third of the physician surveys come back now if you think about how busy they are um, that's even fairly striking. But what, what is universal across all those surveys is a phenomenal level of satisfaction, even from the physicians. And that, that is because they do view us as a partner. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not trying to make them look bad. We're not trying to second guess them. Um, it, it, if it's a follow-up phone call and a discussion, and if they have a different point of view, mm-hmm. the, the doctors talk about that amongst themselves. But um, the, the, and if there is disagreement, the patients don't really see that. Yeah. It takes place behind the scenes. But I, you know, I think for the most part, there's a level of professional respect. And I think you know, it might work differently if we were out there competing for, for patients, but we're not. And Rodney, we're building relationships, not only with the patients, but with the physicians, we're partnering with them because we believe in what they do. They're trying to save the lives of their patients, and we believe in the patients. We want them to do everything that they possibly can to reach survivorship, to be able to get through all of the treatments and things like that. So it's really a, a beautiful, um, I think, partnership all around that you have someone that can support the patient. Mm-hmm. This is what CCA does, and we support the uh, care team, their oncologists and their medical team as well. We want to be the ones to, to, to help out um, and be a part of of saving lives because more than eleven thousand people in the tri-state each year are diagnosed with with some form of cancer, mm-hmm. and we see cancer across the spectrum. How many, Steve, that we see last year? Oh, there was. We see over forty different types. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of the common myths you guys hear about. Um, second opinions. And one of the things, and I'll start with this one, you guys can add on to it. Uh, one of the myths that people may have is that it'll slow down treatment. 
You know, if I have a treatment plan and I want to seek a second opinion, I need treatment now. So yeah. this is going to slow it down. And that's a myth, right? It, it well, it, it, personally, I think it is, particularly in our case, because. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a fair point um, because there, depending on the level of urgency, that may be a concern. Um, we guarantee that anybody that calls for an appointment, um, they they will get a return call within 24 hours. Um, we'll typically see them in two to three days, um, and then they'll have a, a full written report that goes back to their oncologist within a week. And, and let, go ahead, I'm sorry. And sure. let me also add um, that because we don't treat patients, we're looking at the diagnostics and the uh, slides and all the information that they have that they get from you know their team so if they have all that in place then we're ready to go yeah um our docs are able to you know access that through our wonderful front um front uh desk team of clinicians and clinical staff they access that information and they're sitting there uh, meeting of the minds bringing their their wonderful expertise together and we can address the patient's needs right then and there yeah and again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear speaking to Sherry Hughes and Mr. Steve Abbott there with the Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. You talked about finances, okay? You, first of all, your services are free. Sherry mm-hmm. mentioned that. Uh, but let's talk about some of the financial resources that are available um, for patients as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things, and I can tell you, uh, Rodney, as well, I mean, after a nine-year journey, but but in one that's very active right now where I've had test after test after test, um, one of the things that's really, really hard on cancer patients, uh, particularly because of the timing and when it occurs, is, you know, you go and, and you get, there's tests that are ordered. You're you're assuming that they've been pre-authorized or pre-certified. In fact, oftentimes you're told they have been. Um, and then all of a sudden you get a surprise five to $10,000 bill in the mail. 12, and 15. Yeah. Yeah. 15. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've, I've been kind of joking about it, but in the last couple of months, my, you know, if you kind of, if I got look in all the, the health portals that I, places I go, my, my bill has ranged anywhere from 60 to a hundred thousand dollars. And so, um, and so a lot of that will be resolved over time as, as appeals are filed and things like that. But, you know, I feel very lucky. I've got, I've got a full network of people around me that, that can navigate the system, that can help me out. Um, I have the ability to solve mathematical equations. <laughs> so build Excel spreadsheets, whatever it takes in order to try to stay ahead of this. But so many people don't have that luxury. Yeah, yeah. And, and it really worries me, like, what's happening? You know, when I get something and I know it doesn't look right, I know it's going to be frustrating. I know I have to fight that fight and, and get it overturned. But I know that and I can do that. But so many people can't. You're right. And we have Patient Advocate Foundation as a partner, PAF. They're out of uh, Virginia. And that's a navigation service to help uh, with finances. So we have that and that's free as well that patients can tap into um, to, to get information on their insurances, to get information on financial hardships and burdens, to be able to navigate um, if they don't have insurance. So that is a resource that we have for them. Uh, as well as we have the arm, a very uh, powerful and uh, and very um, benevolent arm of the Cincinnati Cancer Foundations, which is um, helps to fund the work that we do at CCA. And we have very just awesome donors yeah. that donate through that because they want to provide the service. And Steve, you yeah. can speak to um, how we do what we do. Yeah. And, you know, and, and uh, I did want to go back around you to one uh, point I want to tack on because, you know, we don't charge for our services, but I think many people might think, oh, well, you're probably just billing their insurance company. 
We don't do that either. And there's a, there's a very particular reason for that. Um, what we're trying to do is make this turnkey and make it, it, it approachable and accessible for people. And, and I mean, the truth of the matter is oftentimes insurance companies, private insurance gets in the way of good care. And so, um, you know, if people, if someone wants to come for a second opinion and they have a private insurance, a private insurer that doesn't believe that they should be paying for a second opinion, we don't want that to stop them mm-hmm. from coming. And so, you know, we just don't want to get into the business of having to fight with insurance companies all the time. It distracts from our, our clinicians' time that, that we want to see them put towards caring for patients. And so, um, so it truly is all privately funded. And we've, we've had the, the support of, um, you know, like the, the Schiff Foundation. We recently was the Margin Charles J. Schott Foundation that have made really critical donations to kind of make this, make this free for everyone. And, um, and, you know, we've got a, we've got a pretty good runway in front of us. We can still hire a few more clinicians with, with the resources we have. And so we feel very, very fortunate. Um, we're not hearing footsteps over our (laughs) shoulder. Nobody's padlocking the front door. Um, and, and, you know, we'll serve over 400 patients this year. We started at 200 in 2020. We've, we've doubled that. And our goal is ultimately to, to, to see up to 1,000 to 1,200 patients in, this, in the greater Cincinnati area. And Rodney, please allow us to tell you about some of the great things that we have coming up this summer. Okay, I <laughs> most definitely will. The, I was leading into that. I know you guys have a golf outing coming up, right? Is that right? Yep, yep. So we're going to do our – this will be the second annual. Um, last year we, we launched uh, what was called the Bearcats and Musketeers versus Cancer Golf Outing. And this was really – it's been a long-held kind of dream of Dr. Barrett's to try to – to you to to use the energy that comes with the crosstown shootout, but instead of it being competitive, to to join forces. So to have UC supporters and Xavier supporters get together and fight something together. And so and what he wanted that enemy to be that common enemy be was uh, was cancer. So we started it last year. Um, literally, I, I had the idea for it over Memorial Day weekend. So we didn't even launch this thing until mm-hmm. June. And we were so fortunate by the by August sixth, I think was the date we were sold out. And um, and so uh, we're going to have that this year again at Clovernook Country Club. Uh, what's different, though, this year is we're going to pair that. It's going to be just in a great day for sports fans locally. That you know, During the day will be the Bearcats and Musketeers versus Cancer Golf Outing, but the evening will be – it'll uh, be an evening with Anthony Munoz. Yeah. And so this will kind of um, be a similar format as what we did in February with Pete Rose. It was highly successful. Everybody had a great time. And so we're going to have Andy with Dave Lapham, of course, as the Bengals broadcaster and former Bengal. And, um, and those guys are going it, to, it's going to be great timing. It's going to be two days after the final preseason game. The, the, the final roster should be shaping up and those guys will give their bird's eye view on the upcoming season. And it'll be really, really fun to talk about, uh, the Bengals again. So, right. And prior to that, we're going to also have a cancer film screening, which is in August. So August is a very hot month for us, not just heat yeah. wise and temperature wise. <laughs> um, we're going to have the cancer film screening that's happening on August 10th at Kenwood Theater. Yep. And, um, it's a private screening of King of the Block which is a documentary by Branson Wright, and it highlights the Moeller-Princeton High School football rivalry of years past and also spotlights the stories of the two of the Moeller players that were later diagnosed with, with prostate cancer. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting. And, of course, um, that's something that will also benefit CCA. And also um, we have the the cancer journey experience. Yeah. And I know you're excited about that, yeah. Steve, because you want to rock. You want to rock and roll, right? <laughs> this is going to be really cool. Uh, this came. This really came up quickly. We're just kind of getting out to the market with information about it. But um, there's a, they're called the Philip Myers Band. And so they do a lot of uh, corporate events around the country. But um, a group of nine phenomenally talented musicians 
But uh, we're calling it the cancer journey experience because, you know, everybody loves journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, a, a good part of the show, maybe even more than half the show will be journey songs. But the key is that they're, the, the performer that will be doing that will be the first stand-in performer after Steve Perry left Journey. So he sounds very much like... Kevin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Chalfant. So, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be like you're going to be listening to karaoke. You're going to be hearing songs Real. that sound like Journey. And okay. so... Um, and then the, we're going to have some other just really, really iconic 70s and 80s songs that they'll be playing. And, um, at the Taft? Yeah, at the Taft Theater. And uh, it'll be August 12th. And um, it'll be a 90-minute show. It'll be a full-length show, very high energy. It'll be loud. Uh, <laughs> at least if, I, I'm going to make sure it's loud. Um, but it'll be really, really nice. And it'll be a nice fundraiser for us as well. And it'll kick off the Western Southern Open. Yeah. So that'll be the, the, the kickoff event for the Western Southern Open. All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. If our listeners would like more information about Cincinnati, Cancer Advisors. How can they find out more? Uh, you can go to CincinnatiCancerAdvisors.org, our website. If you would like to make an appointment or even get any further information from Sherry and I, you can call 513-731-CARE. That's 2273. Um, and then we also have, uh, for our various events, we typically have a dedicated website for that. So you could go to like BearcatsVSMusketeers.org for the golf outing. Um, but lots of ways to get in contact with us. Also, before we go, Rodney, our Medical Minute video ah, series go, yeah. podcast. Please, it's on YouTube. Okay. It, you can subscribe to it. It's free. And we give great medical information. And we have docs on, survivors on. We do it every Wednesday. It comes out at noon. Please subscribe, uh, like it, and share it. We are so happy to have Kroger Health as our sponsor. And we are just delighted that you had us yep. today. Yeah. Oh, my Thank pleasure. You, my pleasure. Thank right. you. Thank you, too. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Rodney. We've been speaking to Steve Abbott, Executive Director of Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. Also with Cincinnati Cancer Advisors, Sherry Hughes. If you miss any part of our conversation, any part of this interview, all you have to do is head to your favorite podcast app, anywhere you get your podcasts, and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Stick around. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine in a moment. We conquer cancer. For the mom-to-be who is out of treatment options. For the doctor who has a brilliant idea but needs research funding. For the people who faced cancer head-on and climbed incredible heights while they were with us. For the children who celebrate the end of chemo. We conquer cancer for all who have been touched by it. Conquer Cancer accelerates breakthroughs in research and care for every cancer, every patient, everywhere. Join us at conquer.org. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.